Good morning, Sac City. Welcome in to another edition of the Sac City Podcast. I'm your host, the one and only Vinny Milani, joined as always by my best friend in the whole entire world. He is Aaron, the Mukesiah Mukes. It is a beautiful Monday morning, October 24th here in the city. Episode 105 is about to kick off, and we have uh, almost put a close to the book of week seven football. We have some Sunday night, uh, Monday night football coming up uh, today. Between the New England Patriots and the Chicago bears. We had a lot of action from yesterday's uh, contests, uh, some upsets, some big wins, some big time losses. We're going to dive into that and so much more on today's show. We've also got game by game recaps coming up as well in a little bit. We do not, uh, we do not leave out any teams. We do not leave out any teams. There is no page left unturned here in the city. Your team gets the coverage that you deserve. Aaron, how was your Sunday? Uh, I was good. I got a, I got a day off. Um, didn't end the way I wanted it to end. I was actually hoping to get some sleep last night. I did not. However, um, you know, being able to sit down and watch all the games and eat a lot of food and it was, it was good. And plus, you know, it was some, there's some interesting topics going on in the NFL yesterday, so I'm excited to talk about those. And uh, it was a good day, though. It was a good day. It was a good day. Yeah, yeah, good. I'm glad. I'm glad you were able to uh, to enjoy that the, the day off. You have. You said you had the weekend off, so that's a uh, that's well, good to have the. I well, ended up working Saturday. Yeah, you just can't. You just can't stay away. <laughs> you just can't stay away from the grind. You just can't yeah. stay away. It's yeah. just in our blood. Uh, well, we've got a great show coming up. We've got recaps. We've got morning headlines. We've got injury report. Let's get down to business. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Let's kick things off with a little disappointment here today uh, with our morning headlines. Two teams really headline the week seven slate uh, in terms of results. It's the Green Bay Packers falling to the Washington Commanders 23-21 and the Buccaneers having another disappointing loss after losing to the the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, in week six. They go to Carolina and lose 21-3 here in week seven. Aaron, this is is where I have to start here because these two teams we talked about last week – and even in the like throughout the season, we were like, okay, these two these two teams, these are playoff teams. That like they're like the regular season for these teams do not matter. Last week, you said it didn't matter for the the it matters for the Packers. We're a little concerned about them. The Bucks still get that that break because Tom Brady's still the quarterback. Twenty one to three might change that narrative. Yeah, uh, it does a little bit. Um... Uh, talk about the Packers first. I think we just got to get to the point where it's week seven and we just finished watching week seven and they just are who they are. They're not good. They're not a good football team. And, you know, it's hard for people to get off of uh, their stance on a team where they're kind of, they're bullish, especially me. Cause I'm very bullish on what I believe. And I usually stick by what I say until evidence changes. And, you know, evidence to me is something that's longstanding, that's sustained um, that we can, point to and say, okay, it's week after week after week. They're still not living up to the hype that we expected. And I think that's where we're at with the point with the Green Bay Packers. It's the offense is just not good Um, in in more ways than one. It's not just one aspect of the offense. It's the entire offense. It's just not, it's just not living up to what it needs to, to win, to win football games. And uh, their defense put up a touchdown in that game. They almost put up another one. That was, that was the real reason why they were even in that football game for the most part of it. 
uh, the offense was just atrocious. And for the first time in a long time, Aaron Rodgers looks like he has some little chinks in his armor. I saw him miss throws. I saw him miss wide open guys. I saw him read bad, read the defense poorly, um, go to the wrong guy when he should have been, you know, going somewhere else. And um, that's, that's, concerning because when your quarterback that's a hall of famer future hall of famer starts to decline in play or you see a decline in his play at least for this season so far um there's not much really else you can hang your hat on and point to so serious concerns about the green bay packers there as for the bucks uh, i think those same concerns exist um i just think they're less because they play in a division where it is carolina it is new orleans it is atlanta so when you have teams like those three teams i think you can you can afford i still have no doubts that tampa bay wins that division because i watched atlanta just get blown out again as after we talked about how close they get they've been playing games they get blown out by cincinnati the new orleans saints turn the ball over can't beat arizona and then the carolina panthers who beat tampa we all know it's kind of a fire sale over there. We don't expect them to continue to win. So I think by default, Tampa has still an easier path to get to the playoffs. Uh, but you have to start having some concern about how they're doing it or, or how they're going to get there if they're going to continue to play football the way they have been. You're on mute. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, with the Bucks, it's it's one of those things that, like, I guess it, you like you like you say the Bucks have the easiest route still to the to the playoffs because of that division. No matter how much credit we give to the the Falcons and hey credit to the the Panthers for getting the job done and finding a way to win here, uh, and even even the Saints in that division as well. Uh, the path is a little bit easier for for the Bucks, and we know once the playoffs come, Tom Brady's just a different human, and that's just how that's just how it is with with, with Brady. And maybe I guess. It's one of those things we talk about. It's the show me state. You have to show me that you're a good team. You have to show me this and that. Well, Tom Brady has to show us that he's not good in the playoffs to be to well, be all out on. I, I will say, like, I don't have Tampa Bay winning any games in the playoffs right now. I, it, it, and that's, it goes beyond Tom Brady. They're not a good team. Like, they're just not yeah. playing good football. So although I do think they get there. I, I wouldn't have them beating Philly. I wouldn't have them beating Dallas. I wouldn't have them beating New York at this point. I wouldn't have them beating Minnesota. I wouldn't have them beating the Rams. I wouldn't have them beat, like, there are just teams, the 49ers, they're not beating any of those teams in the playoffs. They might get there because they're in a bad division, but they're not going to win a playoff game. Not, not the way they're playing right now. Um, you just hold out hope that they can get it right because I don't know that this is a Tom Brady issue. I think this is a bigger than Tom Brady. The team is just not as talented. It's not as good as we thought. Um, when you suffer injuries and you're not a deep team, when we talked about Tampa Bay not really being deep, like they had the starters were great, 22 starters, but anybody starts getting hurt, you start to really see the flaws in that team, and I think that's where we're at now. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna dive more into that game uh, in just a few moments, as well as the Packers game. We'll bring on our uh, our intern Tyler to help us break down that game in a new segment that I kind of came up with last night. I'll make a graphic for it eventually, and uh, we'll have a new segment. Uh, when he comes on. Um, but in other news, uh, the Seattle Seahawks defeated the Los Angeles Chargers yesterday, 37-23, to take the lead uh, in the NFC West. They have now won three of their last four games and lead in NFC West with the Cardinals, with the Rams, and the 49ers, all playoff teams last year. Uh, and, and it's the Seahawks leading the way 
Um, just some brief takeaways from you in the, in not only the Seahawks win, um, but the fact that they're leading the NFC West right now. Yeah, I, I think they're the best team in the NFC West. Or, or sorry, I'm the second best team in the NFC West. Um, that they, they're a good football team, and it's it's crazy to say, uh, but they they play football the right way, and they're they're a very very good football team, and they're not going to be an easy win for anybody. Um, how how much can they actually get done? I don't know. Maybe they can sneak into the playoffs as a wild card, but I, I do think they're going to find their struggles. We'll see what's going on with DK and how that works out. But I, I Seattle, just the defense is starting to catch up. Uh, they're starting outside of the 49ers. I don't know that I would take any other team in the NFC West right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the Seattle Seahawks are just finding ways to win. I think, uh, I, I talk about it all the time, just not, not out coaching what, what you have on the field, not playing above your means. And that's what the Seattle Seahawks are doing. They know what they're, they, they have an identity that, and that's that we talk about that as a big thing for certain teams. You just don't have an identity. And I mean, it could be said with the bucks and the Packers, who we were just talking about Seattle Seahawks in their hand, they lead the NFC West and you know, their identity, they're going, they're going to feed Ken Walker and they're going to let Geno Smith make plays when he has to make plays and not force him um, to do anything that he can't do. Um, another efficient day from Geno, 20 of 27, 210 yards, two touchdowns, did have an interception, but got Marquise Goodwin involved. I mean, this is a team that's just finding ways to make it happen, uh, not only on the ground, but but through the air as well. Um, I'm very excited to talk about that game in a little bit because the Chargers are on the other side of that. And, uh, there's definitely going to be some hits coming when we discuss that game. One last bit of news, and this is just for you. I wanted to just put this in just for you as a headline. Josh Jacobs, the dog himself, absolutely having a day. Three touchdowns for Josh Jacobs in this game. 20 carries, 143 yards to go with that. The third straight game with 100-plus rushing yards and a touchdown for him. This man is on another level at the running back position. Aaron, I'll let you take your victory lap here uh, in in our morning headlines. Yeah, I mean, there's I I, I went on a little rant before the game, um, and I and I told everybody this dog right here was going to eat. We knew it was a bad matchup for Houston, so I, don't get me wrong. I'm not here to gloat too much today because I expected this against the Houston Texans, but I will say it reassures everything that I said that this offense has to run through Josh Jacobs. He is going to be the engine, despite having a Devontae Adams. He has to be the engine if the Raiders want to win. Um, it sets up everything for Devontae Adams and Derek Carr in this offense. And Josh Jacobs, man, earning himself a contract in a contract year. I don't understand where the hate came from, so I'm not really sure why this even started. I'm not sure where the, the Josh Jacobs slander came from this year. I know it was really heavy in fantasy football, uh, which is, yeah, yeah you're, people are eating their words now for that. But also in regular football, like, I don't understand why people just didn't realize how good this guy was. Um, and I'm going to get into a point later, which his name will come up again that I want to talk about. But for the most part, man, this guy has just been, you watch the way he runs and he's running on a mission. He's running like he's got something to prove. And uh, you maybe, maybe it's the contract year. Maybe it's, he's trying to get paid, but Hey, running backs got to do it. They got to get, they got to cash in while they can because their career doesn't last very long as you can see with most backs in the league. So uh, shout out Josh Jacobs for continuing to be that dog that he is. Yeah, it's been huge, and I, I'm really glad you brought up the point of. I mean, we talked about it in the in, in the preseason. This team 
the way they were winning those preseason games, they were running the ball and they played a lot of their starters in the preseason. Josh McDaniels was taking that very seriously and we're far away from that. But I mean, it was the precursor of what we wanted to see from them. And they started the season struggling because, and we said it was because they were not running the ball. Like we would, we thought they, they would. And we, and we said that that was their key to success. And now uh, it's paying dividends right now. Another huge game, uh, from Josh Jacobs to cap our morning headlines is the only way we can cap it today in our week seven recaps. Let's go into our injury report and get some sadness on the show. This fool said some sadness. <laughs> um yeah our uh it's a tough day injury, it was a tough day man our injury report we all know how tough it is to talk about injuries uh, i'm gonna run down some quick some notable ones from sunday obviously there's a ton more but these are just ones that top off the top of my head to be honest um try to go in, in order here uh aj terrell of the atlanta falcons big time loss for that defense uh suffered a hamstring injury he left did not return he's gonna go under uh undergo more testing um, obviously, with the trade of Christian McCaffrey in the NFC South, Chuba Hubbard drew the start, was running well. Deonta, Deonta Foreman came in, ran well um, against that Tampa Bay defense, but Chuba Hubbard injured his ankle. They did say after the game that he could have returned to the game, uh, that it was just more precautionary because they had the game in hand. Trey Hendrickson, I thought this was a big loss. Uh, Stinger for the Cincinnati Bengals. We don't know how long he's going to be ruled, um, ruled out, but he left, did not return. Uh, again, that neck injury there. Uh, David Njoku for the Browns was on pace. He was having a really good day, um, as AJ had said, and then he got hurt, rolled his ankle, still went like seven for 74 or something like that. But uh, he seems to be their number two option there in Cleveland right now. Uh, he hurt his ankle and he's out. And then also backup Farrell Brown got hurt for concussion. So they're a little bit thin at tight end. Um, Mike Boone for the Denver Broncos yesterday uh, messed up his ankle, didn't return against the Jets in that, in that loss to the Jets. And so today, this morning, we didn't talk about this in morning headlines, but they signed Marlon Mack off the 49ers practice squad, and he's actually flying to Denver, and he should be joining them this week. Uh, Cowboys' Dalton Schultz was banged up, but he came back. Matt Farniak had a hamstring injury that could hurt them on the depth on the offensive line. Amon Ross St. Brown left in the at the very beginning of the game, suffered a concussion in that game. Um, obviously, Detroit's still dealing with those injuries to their two best players in DeAndre Swift and Amon Ross St. Brown. Tough for them. Uh, doesn't get any better for the Packers. Sean Gary, concussion, and Alan Lazard hurt his shoulder and did not return, and he seems to be the most trusted source of, of weaponry that Aaron Rodgers has, and uh, he left and did not return. So, big there. Um, everybody saw this one, the, the J.C. Jackson injury. Uh, that was tough to watch. It looks like he suffered a dislocated kneecap. I, I don't even know how that happens just by running, but that just hurt my knee right now. Um and then in that same game later, Mike Williams messed up his ankle pretty severely. So two big-time losses for the Chargers, and um, we will get into that game later. Um, I'm sure this is just more excuses on the way for the Chargers. Uh, Giants lost Evan Neal. I thought that was a big-time loss for them on the right side of that offensive line. Anna Dory Jackson was, uh, suffered a concussion. Another major injury in New York, this time coming from the Jets. A couple of big losses here. Brees Hall looks like an ACL injury. Got probably done for the year. Uh, tough to see because he was running so well. Corey Davis, Elijah Vera Tucker also left that game. Dre Greenlaw for the 49ers. Big time DK Metcalf hurt his leg. Uh, he's been out. 
And uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a, a a lot of injuries. And the last one I'll mention here is uh, Brian Tannehill, who was in a walking boot after the game. Malik Willis came in, he went back out. Brian Tannehill came back in, uh, but now he's in a walking boot and um, doesn't feel great. He says the ankle. So we'll see if he's able to play in Week Eight. If he's not, it looks like it'll be the Malik Willis show. You timed that up so perfectly. There's like an ending to the uh, feeding the duck song on Streamyard. They like there's an actual ending and then it loops and then you, you that was timed up perfectly. It was, it was what a beautiful beautiful injury report. Uh, not so beautiful for the actual injuries themselves uh, that occurred, especially that Brees Hall one. That was that's tough, man. That sucks um, to see him having a great season and then leave the game. I mean, he still had a hell of a game too before he left. Like his her first half, he had like almost 100 yards in the, just the first half alone. Um, yeah. a, a big difference maker for the New York Jets. Uh, we'll talk about that game in a little bit. Um, but let, let, let's go inside the, the the Sunday slate here and talk about some of the takeaways from, from Week 7's action here. We talked a little bit about the, the Bucks and the Packers losing and having suffering those tough losses. Uh, what, are, what are some of your other takeaways from Sunday's games? I think teams are starting to show who they are. Um, like the biggest, like my biggest takeaway is Denver's not good. The Jets are a good football team. Seattle Seahawks are a good football team. The New York Giants are a good football team. Doesn't mean they're Super Bowl contenders. Doesn't mean we have to overreact to what they're doing, but they are what they are. They, we got We have. We have got to now. I think this is a good time at week seven to say, okay, our our idea of what these teams should have looked like in week one no longer matters. It doesn't matter that we thought Green Bay should have been a Super Bowl contender. It doesn't matter if we thought Tampa Bay or the Rams or whoever. Like, it's a new year. Seven weeks have passed, and proof is now there that these teams are either not as good as they were, as we thought, or that the, the teams that are playing well are good. And I think we just have to wrap our head around that. And sometimes it's a hard thing to do. But I think it's here. I think my biggest takeaway is that these teams that are winning – the Jets, the Giants that we did not expect, they are good football teams. And they, they, I don't see the, the point of the season now where they're going to go through this stretch where we're like, oh, there's that team that's really bad. After three or four weeks, I think you can do that. After week seven, six and one, the Giants are. I don't care. Like, yeah, it's like the cardiac Giants are doing it at the end of games. They're hanging on by a yard if Christian Kirk goes one yard deeper or whatever. Like, but it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter that they're barely winning these games. They are what they are. Good teams find ways to win. And it's not to say the Giants are like a world beater team, like on the top level of like Chiefs Bills level, but good teams find ways to win. And it's hard to argue that the Giants are one of the best teams in the NFC record wise and in terms of finding ways to win. Um, and, and I like the fact, I, I like the fact that you went that route uh, of, of we're starting to see, the the true team like team's true identities really come out and i mean you you look at like a team like the tennessee titans who started off the season t struggling um and then they're 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 a team that's been finding ways to win now they're leading the afc south and, and not looking like a complete runaway yet but almost exactly what we we thought would or almost exactly what you thought would happen with the tennessee titans um this season is kind of coming true Maybe not what I thought of the six and eleven wins. Maybe I need to rethink that one because they're already on track to uh, yeah they're gonna to get that more. they're gonna win more. yeah but but, but the same I thing do with the Bengals right the Bengals have been playing really well and they started slow 
Um, but like, I think we knew that. And I think now you can gauge a team. Like after four weeks, three or four weeks, sometimes it's hard. Teams go three and oh, and then you can't gauge them. I think after seven, I think you can gauge them. And even the teams that, that started off strong, I mean, there was a lot of hype around what there was a lot of hype around three teams in my head. Maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe there's others, or maybe there's, there's less, but there was hype around three teams uh, that I thought it was getting a lot, a lot of buzz. The Jaguars after their, their beatings of the chargers and Colts, the lions after scoring their a thousand points in three games or whatever it was, one of the highest scoring offenses uh, in the NFL. Uh, and then the Browns, Jacoby Brissett finding ways to win with this team. All those teams are kind of starting to, we're starting to kind of really tr- see their true colors and, and that, that they're not necessarily there yet. Um, the Jaguars being closer than we, th- what, they're not closer than we thought, but pretty much the Jaguars are where we thought they would be because sure they had a great start, but we said at the beginning of the season, they'd be competitive. They'd be in games, uh, but they're still not there yet to where they they're sealing the deal in wins. The Browns are a team where we look at and say, okay, they just need to hold off until Deshaun Watson comes in and it's going to be a struggle. And it has been, they were able to find ways to win early on, but at the end of the day, the true colors show in Cleveland and then the lions, the same thing, the true colors end up showing it's a terrible defense. You got no Deandre Swift. You have a Monroe St. Brown hurt. That offense just can't survive without that. And they, they're not, a shutout against new England the last time we saw him in week six or in week five. And then they come out of the bye and only put up what six points against the Cowboys. So uh, we're really starting to see the true identities of these teams. Let's talk winners and losers. Let's start with the losers. Cause I want to end the show off strong here. Who are your biggest losers of week seven? Um, you know, I, I really didn't want to go here, but it, it's not, I don't want to say it's the Jets. It's the Jets. Um, and it's, I know they won. It's losing Brees Hall. Um, he's so dynamic. I really think that this loss is going to hurt them. And I like Michael Carter a lot. Um, I actually suggested yesterday on the phone with Dylan that you might see the Jets trade for Cam Akers. Um, Gross. Because they, I don't know that they can get where they want to get without a solid running game. I watched that passing game again, and it's just not very good. Um, Zach Wilson's struggling to move the ball through the air, but their defense is so good and their running game is so good. It helps them. Um, They really need to play that style of football. I don't know if they can do that with just Michael Carter. So uh, I thought that was a huge loss for them. And then you add on top of that, the Elijah Vera Tucker. So my biggest takeaway, like from everything that happened on Sunday was a team like them who, I, I'm starting to see real positive signs of being able to compete with some of the bigger teams just because of how good that defense can be. And Sauce Gardner is a lockdown corner year one uh, is the fact that they lost their running game, that that running, that running back loss is going to be huge for them. And it's, they gotta, they gotta look at something. They gotta look at getting another weapon. Michael Carter is not going to be able to do it by himself. So I, I think they have to go out and make a move. If this had happened a week sooner, Christian McCaffrey right now might be on the Jets. Oh, man. I truly believe that, that he might be on the Jets. That's how much I think they believe in that team. Um, But I could see a situation where they go get Cam Akers, where they trade for Cam Akers. And it's not a long-term play, but it's just for more running back depth. Because I'm trying to think of any other running back that might be on the market that they could go get. James Robinson. 
maybe, but is he really on the market? No, that's that's the the only for sure one that we know that has the buzz that's around him is is Cam Akers. I would I I say James Robinson, not just from a personal standpoint, but knowing that he is on his last year, like it it makes sense for James Robinson to be available. Uh, but it, you're right. There's no, there is no clarity to that. There's no confirmation that he is someone that is on the block. Um, but Cam Akers definitely seems like a good, a good running back. Or maybe who knows? They bring Adrian Peterson out of retirement again, and he finds his way back in the NFL like he has the past few years. Somehow finding a roster spot. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I see that much of a big difference between Cam Akers though and Michael Carter. To be completely honest, maybe I'm off on that. Um, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure there's that big of a difference between those two running backs. Between who? Cam Akers and Michael Carter. It's not about being a difference. It's not about. It's not about what the difference is. He can't carry the load by himself. So That's who true. else do you get involved? Is what I'm That's saying. True. Like you have to have somebody else, especially with the amount of times they want to run the football. They want to keep it on the ground and play that style of football. You're going to end up killing Michael Carter as well if yeah. you just put it all on his shoulders. And right now, the depth at that position for them is not what it used. Not what it used to be. It's not where they want it to be. So hey, um, hey, it, you can you can say it's not where it used to be. The, remember, uh, the Jets back in the day, maybe not back in the day like back back in the day, but like in the mid two thousands, there you go back to those days with Thomas Jones and Sean Green, and then you had a Chris. No, Ivory no, no. I meant those, used to those be days, like they, 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 they had depth, depth. <laughs> Again, those guys are yeah okay. Um, I mean, Ty Johnson's their only backup right now. They literally have two running backs on their roster. Ty Johnson and Michael Carter. So yep. they're going to have to They don't even have anyone on the practice squad. I just I was trying to look into their practice squad to see if they're going anyone. to have oh, to go have, and address it. They have Zonovan Knight. Zonovan yeah. Knight, running back, rookie running back out of North Carolina State. There you I go. They need to go. I'm sorry, I froze. I didn't hear you, but you said Zonovan Knight and I tuned you out. It was that was probably the best. That was probably for the best. NC State running back uh, there is is also yeah. on the on the practice squad. But we'll see what the Jets do. Uh, all right, losers. Now we got some winners. Let's end it strong here, buddy. Week seven biggest winners. Uh, yeah, I'm sticking with the player theme here. Uh, Ken Walker, man. Uh, this dude. This dude. I. I mean. You call you called him having a chance to be rookie of the year, and um, you know, fortunately, Rashad Penny got hurt. Uh, I called him coming out of college, how good he actually was at Wake Forest. And, and, and then when he did at Michigan state, matter of fact, I ran a story on him at full sale. Uh, I remember that. And I was just like, this dude's going to be a special, special running back. Um, I, he just, he, he was very real impressive. And against a weak run defense, he did what he was supposed to do. And I, and I always, I always look at stuff like that. You, you go against a team. It's like the Josh Jacobs argument. You go against the team that you're supposed to dominate on the ground against. I would have been disappointed in Ken Walker if he turned if he turns around and it was, you know, 15 for 65. I'd have been like, you know what? That's not what he should have did against a weak run defense. And he didn't. He balled out and he did what he was supposed to do. And on top of that, him and Josh Jacobs single-handedly, um, and you mix them two with the Dallas def- defense, single-handedly won me a fantasy matchup. And I'm, I'm not, that's not being facetious. That's not joking. I had no quarterback in my lineup because Josh Allen was on a buy and I didn't pick anybody off waivers. I got three points from uh, a receiver or from Kyle Pitts in my tight end, three points from Mason Crosby, two zeros with Michael Gallup and, and um, one other receiver. That and that was like- it. That was my entire lineup. And then I had Ken Walker, 
Dallas defense and Josh Jacobs and I single and I won and I have Montgomery tonight, but I don't even need him. That's how good Ken Walker was yesterday. Um, he is my biggest winner for, for week seven. That sounds like and not to continue the fantasy train, but that sounds like my lineup right now. Uh, single-handedly Josh Jacobs, Ken Walker, uh, and, and throw in, throw in a little Damian Pierce action, helping me, um, get, get my, get, get close to, I'm not, I have not won yet. I need, I need six points from the Patriots defense. Um, to get the dub I need six points from them to get the dub but they've kept me in it especially after a 10-point day from Lamar Jackson a goose from uh from Michael Gallup and 0.4 points from Mark Andrews um so those guys definitely huge and and, and a big day from Ken Walker and like I, I've I've you mentioned I've been on the Ken Walker train uh saying that he was gonna it was gonna happen and, and I don't like to predict an injury but We've talked about it before. Well, we knew what, Rashad Penny was going to get exactly. Hurt we knew Rashad had. Penny eventually was going to break down. It's just it's just what happens with him. He's just one of those type of running backs. And Ken Walker, like you said, during the draft process, was one of the best backs uh, there, along with Brees Hall. And now coming in, twenty three carries in this game, one hundred and sixty eight yards, two touchdowns. He's now averaging seven point three yards a carry. Um, he is he's very good at football. He is uh, very, very good at football. That Ken Walker, biggest winner this week in week seven. Coming up in just a few moments, we are going to start breaking down uh, and recapping all the action from week seven, game by game by game. Um, We'll start it off with the NFC. But for now, we're going to say goodbye to our audio listeners and give AJ that nice little break so he can clip the audio at the 30-minute mark. Uh, It'll be nice and easy for him. Everyone tuning in on audio platforms, you guys need to uh, get on our YouTube uh, live uh, on our YouTube page at the Sac City Pod. Um, yeah, that that that's that. Uh, coming up in just a few moments, so you'll see the uh, you'll see the nice little beat drop. You'll see the NFC thing. We're going to dive into the NFC games. Thank you, audio listeners. Please like, subscribe, uh, and drop a review. And uh, we'll be back again tomorrow for fantasy talk. Aaron, let's get in to our NFC matchup previews.